0: Nielsen scrambles to remain the media benchmark with, they call it, the gauge. There's a surprise cash bonus for IBA members, and Ron Stone joins us to further explain it. And we, meaning myself, Jackson Weaver and uh, in Seattle, and the world-famous Keith Samuels down in Los Angeles, we do our best. Our best to cut through all of the clutter of the media business, and we very seldom ever cut through anything but our own crap. So we have fun doing it, and I hope uh, you enjoy some of the time you spend with us, both our opinions and our comments. We do it each Tuesday and Thursday. So for Thursday, October 21st, welcome to The Media Insultant. Well, good morning, and for a quick update on what's going on with the IBA, which, of course, is the Independent Broadcasters Association, Keith and I have invited Ron Stone on this morning to give us a quick update on what's going on. Good morning, Ron Stone. Good to see you.
1: Good morning. Good to see you guys again.
0: So, Ron, give us an update. Uh, The last time we talked, you had a real exciting contest going. $2,000 a day for six weeks, which is a mind blow for most of the radio stations in markets under size fifty. I'd like to see how it's gone and how you feel about it at this point.
1: Well, I feel great
0: about it. It's gone wonderful. Uh, it's been seamless.
1: We've had no issues whatsoever. Uh, we have We're now, gosh, we've got three weeks left on, so we're halfway through it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've been doing two thousand dollars a day, two $1,000 winners every day, Monday through Friday since uh, September 20th. Wow. And so it's gone spectacular. We have about 300 stations that participated. In the contest, which was up substantially from the last contest we did, and the dollars themselves, total dollars that were given away, uh, were up from forty thousand in the first contest to sixty thousand in this contest. So I'm hoping that, that will continue to grow every time we do this. Uh, but it's been great. I mean, I think the stations have really liked it. Um, they they they've enjoyed uh, the process. It's a simple. You know, we've made it simple, and so you know, for most people like me in radio. <laughs> you know they need it simple. <laughs> I definitely do.
2: And uh and so it's been great all the way around. So Ron, Ron, how, tell me about the or tell us about the the geographical spread, I mean, I mean, is this, you know, pretty much a, a, a national coverage uh, for the contest?
1: I mean, it's, yeah, the 300 stations that are participating are, are basically across the country. I mean, I, I don't know that we have a single state that doesn't have at least a station hmm. uh, participating. So it's, uh, it got really good, I mean, we got good cross-country uh, coverage out of this and so it's been it's been great we've had you know we've had some stations that have had multiple winners even wow. and so you can it's interesting because you can tell the ones that are really uh, working this the way you would want to see somebody work a contest you can definitely tell because you you see it in the in the number of listeners that um, register under that station because every station has its own widget right. on its website that we developed for them and so we know we know exactly where they come from, and so it's uh, it's been interesting in that regard. But everybody's getting better and better at it. You know, a lot of these stations have never participated in a national contest before. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the first time I ever did was when Alpha Media made theirs available, and we participated with them in theirs. And so that's you know that was a solid background. That was like you know getting a, a bachelor's degree in how to do it because they did it really well too. They, they
0: made your mistakes for you, right?
1: Yeah, I don't really remember a whole lot of mistakes they made. I mean, they had, you know, Randy Poole was the um, person that really kind of led that whole effort for them, and she's really smart and really good at it. She's no longer with them now. She's with um, Promo Suite now. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was a good learning experience. It's been great for the IBA. We're going to continue it. In fact, we just announced a surprise for the fall participants uh, because the, you know we were trying, we were hoping to have enough participation to do ninety thousand, and we didn't get there. Mm. But we did get enough to where we're going to be able to come back in January and do a special after Christmas promotion for the stations that participated in the fall, mm-hmm. at no additional investment on their part. Uh, they're they're going to get another contest where we're going to do two thousand dollars a week, pay your Christmas bills for you, um, yeah. for uh, for six weeks. We're going to do that starting January, I think it's January 10th through February 18th. And that's being offered to the ones that participated in the fall at no additional that investment. That is
0: fabulous. Kudos. Hey, a quick uh, change of subject here, Ron. <laughs> How do you feel the stations are doing? You know, I, my contact with stations, I find some are back to their 2019 level, some are, uh, you know, 15, 20% off of the 19 level. How are you feeling most of your stations are doing?
1: I think, you know, from everything that I hear from folks and then also judging it from our own stations, you know, it's it's kind of a, what you just said. It's kind of across the board. You know, we've got some – I've heard some people say we're back to 2019 levels. I've had one company say to me we're exceeding 2019, which mm-hmm. is uh, spectacular. Um, you know, I, I can tell you within our own company, within Adams, we budgeted to get halfway back to 2019. And I think we're going to accomplish that, um, and we're going to accomplish it because, and this will, this will help you understand how the, each market can be doing something different. Some of our markets are over-delivering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and one, one of our markets is under-delivering what we had hoped they would do. Uh, but in total, you know, I think we're going to hit our number, So, which is to be halfway back. I mean, we were down 27%. In 2020, from 2019, there was some. I've heard some stations that were down as much as forty, forty-five yeah, percent. Yeah. That's you know, you're talking about get it trying to
2: get back. That's a <laughs> that's a big gain to try to get back there all in one year. Oh yeah, some people lost half a year right. essentially, you know, and so it's it's yeah. tough. So you know, what we're what, what, what I seem to be reading and, and hearing is that is that nationals kind of leading the way, at least with the major markets with the major companies. Is, is that the same for, for you guys, or are you seeing it more locally driven and you'll take whatever national comes in?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean I think most of the IBA members probably, you know, they're controlling their own growth. You know, I don't know that, you know, the market sizes that most of our members are in. We have some that are in bigger markets like like uh, like Steel City Media, for example, in Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Renda's in Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. There's some that are in bigger markets, um, and I'm sure national is doing well for them. Uh, but in in the, in the smaller markets, it's I think it's all being driven by local direct. I mean that's it. You know people are just out getting after it. We've had kind of a mix on that too. I mean I amazingly um, our national uh, the market we've had the best national comeback in has been Las Cruces, New Mexico, for some reason. Um, but but. You know, like Fort Wayne has done really well with national this year, but like Tallahassee, Florida, for example, we we really haven't gotten very much national at all, and so it's been an interesting uh, it's been interesting to watch it kind of play out in different in different market. And Tallahassee is a bigger market than Las Cruces, so yeah. it doesn't you know it doesn't it's like it's hard to put your finger
0: on it. Well, Why? it all comes down at the end of the day to one thing, and that is local operators have to control local revenue because the national is just gravy yep. on top of it and if you really build your budgeting around national i think you got a real problem
1: well you do i mean we've all seen national you know dry up where you know it used to represent 20% of a station's you know dollars total dollars and it's down to probably about 5% in most wow. cases now and wow. you know and that's really driven because we've we've given the networks full carte blanche to our inventory and they're out selling the Home Depots and Geico's for a dollar a spot, mm-hmm. so we no longer see that money flowing through national like it used to. We, we've we done the damage ourselves, and the best thing we could ever do for ourselves would be to get away from syndication and get back to live Yeah, well, that, it's
0: really hard to pull your hand out of the cookie jar at that point. It really is for everybody. You're right. Hey, quick question. Yeah. Uh, the Local Journalism Sustainability Act is something IBA is behind, and this is, I see it, are really two bills. One is a House of Representatives bill, which primarily is focused on newspapers, and then there's the Senate bill, which is uh, including both newspaper and radio and TV. Uh, can can you talk a little bit about that and why local radio stations should be supporting it?
1: Yeah, for sure, and, and you know, and, and, also just to, just to send out a thank you to the NAB. You know, we reached out to the NAB to to see if they would help us educate the IBA members on it and they did a great video. It's on their website. And we've we've shared that with all the membership uh because you know, they're the lobbying organization, we're not. And and so it helps to be able to get, you know, assistance from them on on a topic like that. So that was good. And we also shared yesterday a piece a, a video from Borel uh that they had out on it as well. We shared that with the membership too. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's it's a pretty simple thing, right? If you're gonna offer a credit of five thousand dollars, uh followed by if I if I understand the bill right, followed by twenty five hundred a year thereafter, mm-hmm. a direct tax credit to to local businesses that spend money on radio or TV, um, preferably on radio, if you're gonna offer that, you know, it's what a great opportunity that is then for your local salespeople to go into a client and say, look, you know, here's... I mean, I can tell you how I would suggest to people to pitch that. I'd go in and say, look, you know, this is like 50% co-op. If you spend $10,000, you are going to get 5000 back, yeah. right? And that's a... You know, what is that? That's $800 a month or so yeah. of a brand new client, somebody that's never done business with you before. There is zero reason that I can think of that a radio station uh, would not want to get behind this because... With local mom and pop businesses, we all know most of them don't have huge budgets, and sometimes they don't have any budget. Yeah. And so, in a worst case scenario with this, even if they only spent the five thousand with you, you know, if you could go out and get twenty new clients at, at five thousand dollars a piece, I mean, you just you just increased your your top line 100 by grand, what yeah. hundred grand.
2: Yeah. So,
1: uh, and those those become repeat clients because the credit continues for additional years.
2: And I thought the Burrell video was, uh, I think Corey, uh, I forget his last name, but uh, did a great job uh, summarizing some of the research they've done that shows some hesitancy that, that local small businesses have to this kind of program and this kind of government program and how valuable a local sales representative and a local sales organization could be in helping them get past that and explaining the yeah. you know how you get the credit and then and then you can talk about how to use it. But uh, I thought it was really helpful in in explaining that you know rather than just go out and go, hey guys, you get a five thousand dollar credit, because it's not that simple. The people are a little hesitant about yeah. it, believe it or not. And 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 that people like your sales organizations, Ron, could really be helpful and instrumental in educating the, the, the local businesses about that.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be required. I mean, if I, you know, I, I can tell you, I will, I will be. If this passes, my advice to my own managers is going to be, you know, invite thirty, forty clients at the time into a ballroom at a hotel and and really go over it with them and explain to them how they can essentially have free advertising. You, yeah. They've got to understand it because look, I remember back. This is how old <laughs> I am. I remember back to. When I was in college and working for a CPA firm, when um, when Ronald Reagan passed the investment tax credit, right, because they were trying to spur the economy and they were trying to get people to buy equipment and, you know, they wanted you know computers, sold John Deere equipment, whatever, yeah. and you got a ten percent tax credit. The same year you bought the equipment, do sure, you guys you remember that? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's
1: called investment tax credit, and I can remember. I can remember us as you know from the CPA firm um, having conversations with clients, you know, saying to them, you know, at toward the end of the year that year, you if you have any acquisitions that you need to make for equipment, you know, coming up in the next year or two, do it now. Take advantage of this. This is a direct tax credit on your return this year, and so. You know, it's the same kind of education process on this. I mean, there's no reason for someone to not do this, right? If you had a chance for child care tax credit, you would take it. If you had a chance for any other kind of tax credit that's going to reduce your tax burden, you would take it. I don't know why you wouldn't do this. Because think about it. This is even bigger, a bigger impact because you're also, you're getting the advertising, right? It's costing you nothing, and that advertising hopefully ends up driving your business and so not only do you get free marketing you you end up seeing higher revenues in your business because you're now marketing it yeah. the right way you know with with hopefully the right station so yeah i think it's going to take some work for for radio people to to get out there and really get after it because i'll tell you what if we don't and it, if it passes and we don't do that we got nobody to blame but ourselves when the TV stations are all celebrating their successes for taking all that money. Somebody somebody somebody's going to get right. it. That's
0: right. Yeah. Hey, there's yeah. so much going on with yeah. IBA. Uh, we appreciate you bringing us up. Uh, we'll, I hope, we really, we can touch base with you from time to time to get caught up because you got a lot of good things going on, Ron. And I, we Both Keith and I uh, really applaud what you're doing with smaller and medium sized market radio stations because nobody else is doing it and you're doing a really good job. So, Thanks for taking a couple of minutes, and we'll, we'll look forward to, to talking yeah, to you again you. soon. Keith, any final comments? Thank yep. you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well,
2: I, it's also great because Ron's an operator and a manager in the business, and I think his perspective is, is uh, doubly terrific because of that. Good luck with the uh, the uh, closing of the sale of the uh, stations uh, back on the East Coast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you pop up in other markets too, hopefully soon. I hope so. Thank you, Thanks, Ron. guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ron.
0: You know, Media Insultant wasn't really meant to be an interview podcast or a video podcast, but from time to time they make sense, and Ron has always had something valuable to offer small and medium-sized radio people. Keith, uh, you know, it's always great to have uh, Ron back, wouldn't you say?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's like us, he's never short of opinion. Ron's, Ron's actually, a, you know, he, he runs a group of stations, the Adams Radio Group, so he's He's got his—he's got—he's up to his neck and he's up to his eyeballs in, in what it's like to be a radio guy these days. And we have a lot of uh, a lot of empathy for guys that are in Ron's position. But I think also too that you know Ron's Ron's pretty typical for the the the, the folks that are running you know seventy five percent of the radio stations out there in America. Not the guys running Odyssey, iHeart, or. Uh, or cumulus, so it's always good to get his opinion and his take on things. And you know, he has a little bit of a of, a, of an attitude, and, and you know the you know the underdog, and, and it's kind of fun. But uh, it is, uh, and also uh, you know we don't talk about this with Ron on the air, but you know he's about to close on the sale of some of his stations in the uh, in Maryland down at the coast, uh, the eastern shore there. And uh, you know, good for him. You know, he's he's always looking for a deal, either to buy or to sell, and. And uh, he's always good to have back once in a while to check in on, uh, on current issues dealing with uh, station operation, ownership, promotions, and all the challenges that small small group owners have to face.
0: Well, IBA has uh, really developed a substantial network of support services for them, everything from health insurance to programs like the cash giveaway. So we're always here to encourage uh, Ron and anybody that is being that contributing that much to the radio business. All right. Now, the next question I've got for you is, Nielsen, as you know, has always been the benchmark for radio, TV, cable. You know, Nielsen's been the gold standards standard, but not so much anymore. What What's going on with Nielsen and their new gauge? Do you have any thoughts on this?
2: Well, you know, I, I still have some good friends at Nielsen slash formerly Arbitron, you know, like Brad Kelly and uh, Bruce Pavitz and some other guys that were uh, little, you know, baby, you know, reps uh, at Arbitron back in the day. Now they're the they're running the show at Nielsen, and you know, it's in media these days. It's all about attribution. It's all about. Well, you know how many clicks and and how many uh, web visits did you get? How many you know you know how many visits? To, how did visitor you know uh, traffic to your site grow last month? And you know how do you attribute that to? And then you come to radio, and radio is kind of like well, we have this this rating service called Nielsen, and it's kind of an estimate. It's an audience estimate of. Of how many people actually heard your commercials, um, and, and it's based on extrapolation from a very small group of listeners to the market itself and the very big you know, number of people that actually probably listen in a market. So you know, is this just another example of them trying to stay competitive and, 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 and relevant to, to what people on the digital side you know, think are real numbers, which is you know, um, you know, the, the site traffic and, 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 and clicks and all the things they can measure?
0: Well, they don't have any choice. I mean, at the end of the day, the they, this is very disruptive for them. The entire digital thing has been very disruptive for Nielsen because Nielsen always had a lock on the data, and the agencies bought it, and because the agencies bought it, all the radio, all the TV stations had to buy it. It was the only game out there. And now that digital has an entirely new series of platforms, it gets really tough. They did an interesting study, though, with Gage, and they... T- took a look, a snapshot, at the total TV viewing in the month of September. And here's what's interesting. TV broadcasting still comprises 26% of total TV viewing. Now, that's down a little bit from 1965 when it was yeah. 99% was, right. was TV broadcast. But 26%, which is up a little bit, they say, because of football and a new season. Cable takes 38% of TV viewing streaming is 28 percent and here's but here's what's what gets interesting is when you start breaking it down and start looking at the platform ratings as a percentage of total viewing netflix only has six percent hulu has three percent prime two percent disney one percent so these ott platforms we talk about constantly that are always a a threat to the broadcast business they don't really don't constant or don't constitute all that much of a of an audience by comparison to broadcast TV, if you believe Nielsen. Now, let's be clear. Nielsen is not an uninterested party. How accurate <laughs> is their data? You know, we've they lost MRC. They lost the, what is it? MRC is uh, Metro Ratings Council, uh, uh, you know, endorsement. So Nielsen has lost that third-party validation on their methodology. And so you got to kind of ask, well, you know, in all this turmoil that Nielsen's trying to stay relevant in, Yeah, maybe they're compromising a little. Move that decimal point over a point. Who cares?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, at this point, I trust Nielsen more than I trust Facebook and Google about being transparent about actual research results. Now, you can question the accuracy of Nielsen and the extrapolation of Nielsen's research methodology, but at least they release it. And at least they have somebody trying to accredit them, you know, where you really have to take Facebook's word for it or you have to take Google's word. Trust us. Yes, there are more. Yes, you know, so, oh, no, you got to believe us. So, you know, there's a big trust factor going on, uh, particularly on the digital side and a lot of digital fraud and bots and all this, you know, fake traffic and all this other stuff. You know, Nielsen isn't dealing with fake households that either have, you know, uh, uh, you know a, a, a radio listening device or a television device. You know, those are real. How you extrapolate it, the formula, you can debate all day long with the Nielsen research guys, but it's been proven out of time to be, be pretty
0: accurate, well, fairly I think, accurate. And, and I you think, know? don't don't to your point, you know, Facebook has admitted to lying and, and fluffing up the numbers. I will say this about Nielsen. My entire career working with Nielsen and before that Arbitron – they are very dedicated to having as accurate a set of data as they can get. They yeah. do not lie about stuff, in my experience. Now, I question a little bit, you know, they're an, are they an uninterested party? But the fact remains, my experience is they have done their best to come up with accurate data. Yes, I agree with that. So, yeah. and Facebook and Google, eh, not so much. Got to take <laughs> yeah. their word for it. <laughs> All right, we've done it again. We've, we've wasted somebody's 15 minutes. <laughs> well, I hope not next week we're going to look at a real interesting cluster at hubbard radio in chicago which is just turning into a real sexual harassment cesspool and we'll be talking about that first thing next week media insultant is a production of in-town media and keith look forward to seeing you next week
2: yeah thanks for the great week jackson as always fun and we'll look forward to uh, teeing it up again on tuesday